Hello and welcome to our final episode of Women Who Sport Rugby Series. We've got a one-off absolute special with Libby Birch. She is a Melbourne footy club player, Aussie rules, pretty cool sport, something we haven't actually spoken about before. Um, so this episode is a really good one. Um, hope you guys enjoy. This episode is going to be supported by Boob Armour. They're also an Aussie company, so we're going full Aussie for this one. You can check out Boob Armour on their Instagram. There's tags of it all over ours. It's at Boob Armour AU. And you can use the code Women Who Sport to get 20% off their products. Let's get Shannon Martin on and take it away. Now, all I've got to go on is Home and Away. Is it like growing up? I haven't kept my words out. Is it basically like Home and Away growing up in Australia? <laughs> no. No, no. And I don't think it really depicts this very well. And I refuse to watch Home and Away because it's um, like the worst TV show I've ever seen. And it's the worst depiction of how simple and basic we are, which is not true. <laughs> um, so, no, I've been, oh, I don't know anything different. So um, it's <laughs> been what I know, but it's, uh, the reason why I love it here is just because it's so, um, well, I think people say it's quite relaxed. It's a, quite a relaxed culture. And um, it's been, I know that a lot of um, overseas say that we have you know do we have kangaroos as pets I certainly don't have a kangaroo as a pet but I've got <laughs> a little a little dog as a pet but uh no I love it because it's like I live sort of I'm in Melbourne and I'm sort of 20 minutes out of the city but I can still um you know enjoy the outdoors and um I think like my favorite place is actually not in Melbourne it's in Queensland which is um up north and I just love being around the beach and you know I think Melbourne's is sort of that inner city sort of precinct where I get to work and, and it's kind of the hub of AFL, which is, which is my sort of sport and where I get most of my work from. But, you know, if I had my choice, I'd probably retire up in Queensland, which is more like home and away. <laughs> now I feel like an absolute basic bitch for watching home and away or I have watched home and away in the past. <laughs> It's very basic and it's very dramatised. No, take it. It's so not like we, don't, we don't watch it here. <laughs> okay. Um, so, did you play lots of sports growing up? Yeah, yeah. I um, I was really well. Originally, when I was um in primary school, like didn't have any self confidence at all, and I used to stand with the Yajiti teacher, like because I wasn't sure like how to like blend in or like I thought the yard was too big at that point. Um, or I used to sit in the rotunda and it was my friend Lucy, I think, that was like, come on, you got to get out of this rotunda and experience the world. <laughs> um, and, but it was actually sport that got me, you know, got me into confidence and being able to, I don't know, express myself through physical activity. And yeah, so I think growing up, I, I did so many sports and I actually fell in love with netball and hockey um and then went through sort of the Australian pathways for both and then when I was 18 I missed um two Australian selections for netball and needed a new 
a new fresh start in something and had never kicked an AFL Sharon before and I know a few of your Irish girls who come over and have a kick of the footy and they were a lot better than me and they never touched the footy. Uh, but yeah, it was just a, a great new experience. And I sort of started my career in AFLW at the age of 18. So uh, pretty awesome. You have a really cool um, kind of sports transition story that I can relate to a lot. Um, so I used to play netball as well and I rode and I had a current player that kind of pushed me into it, not pushed me, but opened up the door. Um, who plays for England and um, looking at some of your previous interviews you had a similar kind of influence in your life can you tell us a little bit more yeah. about that yeah yeah I did I certainly did I had um Daisy everyone listening Daisy Pierce is probably like the Australian icon of AFL AFLW and she's a female athlete that's been around playing football since she was young and um for for those of you who don't know AFLW was is only very recent it's only been played the last five years at professional level um and footy was never something that girls were able to play uh and Daisy was one of those girls that pushed for it um over you know her lifetime to play you know at the highest level and she was one of the ones to start AFLW um and to really push the AFL men's to, to pick up a women's side of the league so yeah and she was the one that actually encouraged well she took me down to my first session um at a community level um she gave me her pair of boots because I didn't own anything football related um so it was kind of like a Cinderella moment where you um fit into your best friend's shoes um and able to play um her sport and uh yeah I think she really just took like for me she's my best mate now and I've I've known her since I started playing, which was in uh, 2016. And um, there's a fair age gap between us. It's, there's about 12 years and she's got um, two twin, two little um, little bubs now, which is so cute. But yeah, she's been amazing for me. And she was the one that kind of helped me uh, in the sport and really sort of gave me an opportunity to enjoy it. And I really think that's kind of the Australian culture here of just sharing the game and, and the love of it. And that's something that AFLW has been really pivotal in Australian culture at the moment. So did you have any exposure to AFL growing up? Did you watch it at all? Did you have any family that played it? No, I um I definitely watched it and I definitely had sort of, it's funny that you asked that because I think uh, my age group was kind of like, oh, like I wanted to, like I loved the game because um, I watched the men and like my hero was Lenny Hayes, who played for St Kilda. And I was never given the opportunity to, to look up to a female. Um, and I also knew that I could never play professionally um, at the highest level in that sport. So I think that's why I never pursued it or why my parents never um, got me to play it because um, it was something that, you know, we just didn't know would end up to be a professional sport at that stage but also that it wasn't just, it wasn't recognised for a female to play. Um, so I definitely wished that it was the case that, you know, you could have, a, a, you know, start from, you know, a little female playing that sport and go through the ranks and, and play professional. But at that stage, that wasn't the case. So I definitely loved the game and I definitely followed and supported the team. Um, 
and you know it was definitely I knew you know knew the rules everything like that but in terms of being able to kick the footy or handball the footy um I had no knowledge of <laughs> I can imagine your first like few seasons there was a steep like, learning curve yes yes definitely and do you think that off the back of not having that kind of female role model and not realizing that you could make it a profession that's what drove you into physiotherapy is that something that you'd always wanted to do or saw yourself kind of going into as a career as a child um I think like I my my well my brother had um quite a a serious medical condition when he was growing up and we always used to have this physio come over and work on his lungs and I think that was the first time I sort of saw a physio and the impact it could have on someone's life but I also knew that I was quite a good teacher and I think sport showed me some of my strengths in it like my my leadership skills um the way that I communicate my sort of my care for others and care for my teammates and that kind of came across to to the career of being a physio and it kind of matched up really well and I literally I did five years of study and finished last year so I'm still very uh new in in the career but I I think that I'm really proud that I was able to get that done because I might not um use it for a while because I'm sort of heavily in the football side of things now but it'll definitely become a nice backup when I finish footy yeah no for sure I think that is so important to have Especially in the, the female game. To be fair, both male and female as a fullback, if God forbid you got a career ending a career ending injury, you've got something that you can yes, exactly. get stuck into. The women's AFL now is professional. So the last five years you've been studying alongside like playing full time. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's um it's it's really challenging for the women in, in Australia at the moment. Um they're working full-time or we're studying full-time and we're on a part-time contract at the moment, which means it'll go for six months. Um, whereas, so like to give everyone some context, <clears throat> the men are on a, a yearly contract and a sort of a separate CBA to us, which means they've got their own salary cap and everything. So they're on like, let's say a player my age would probably be on 350000 so they're on a full-time contract. They don't have to work. They don't have to do extra study because that sort of pays their way. Whereas a female has to do have full-time work because they need to live because our contract's six months and we have to work. We have to train after hours. So we'll be from like seven to five work. Then you'll go straight to training and train from six to 10 or 11. So it's really relentless. And we're only on like 30, 40 grand. So pretty damning like and initially I was quite naive to to everything I think most women were because we felt grateful for the opportunity to play professional but then you're like well that's bullshit excuse my language but like we shouldn't feel grateful anymore like this is what we this is equality and this is what we um we're equal to the men and we should have the same opportunities and you know you can still feel privileged to be able to play sport but you shouldn't feel grateful because you're a female and getting an opportunity I'm smiling because this is so relatable I'm like we are constantly saying oh we're so grateful we're so grateful thank you thank you yeah yeah, you're completely right like it couldn't be more relatable 
Yeah, I think we've definitely had that, like the playing from a couple of years ago and getting absolutely nothing. Like now in women's yeah. rugby, you're in a situation that you're getting a little bit and we're, yeah, are very quick to to think it's incredible. But actually, yeah, as you say, when you like step back, it's like, well, no, we're, we're still working full time. We're still not being treated equally. Like it's, yeah, I think as female athletes, it's so important that we we don't settle for less than we know we're worth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, um, it's, it's challenging because it's hard to get your head around. And initially you're kind of like, oh, I feel like I'm asking for too much. And then you're like, hang on, you're not. This is what you need to ask for because this is just the basic level that you deserve. Oh, yeah, no, 100% agreed. And it's so cool that you guys are like pushing for that. And it sounds like it's, it's something that's on the up. So a couple of things we did want to ask about AFL, right, how does, you need to tell us how drafting works because that is not something that that we have here. Yeah, so uh, so every, every team is kind of established and uh, every year the under-18s um, for, you know, that are playing that sport um, or the AFL are playing in a sort of tack cup, which is like a, an under 18s league and you know all year selectors are coming from each team to have a look at the kids um from both female and male now and you know they might go oh, I really like Johnny so we'll put his name down um and then comes draft night and each team has a number of picks based on how they perform that year where they sat on the ladder if they um, wanted to trade some players earlier in the year um, and draft night comes up and if you, so yeah, you've got a, a whole of that group that you can pick from that played in the under 18s. And if you want, like let's say Melbourne, who I play for, have got pick two, um, they can pick whoever they want on that night. But it's really like an under 18, trying to get youth back into the, the teams. But in saying that they have, you know, like a mid-season draft as well for older players and things like that. So it's, it's, it is pretty complex, but that probably is the simplest way to explain it. So what happens, like if I'm, so if I'm 17 playing for under-18s and I get drafted to a team across the country, like I'm going there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, can, you can nominate, I'm pretty sure in the women's, it's slightly different because of our six-month contract. You can nominate which state you want to be picked for. So let's say I am 17, 18, and I'm like, I'm too young. I don't want to go over to WA because I'm, you know, I'm on a six month contract. So it's a bit different for the women. So they're like, oh, I just want to be nominated for Victoria. So I can only be picked up from Victorian teams. But for the men, it's like free for all. So my ex boyfriend, who I am um, dating in year 12, he, got picked up by Gold Coast and I was in Melbourne. So that was the end of that. But like, that's just an example of like um, what happens for the men. So I guess with the six months contract, then you're working full time for six months of the year. Then for the other six months, you're doing a combination of work and playing. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of ridiculous because like, as you girls know, like to be an athlete, it's not like a six month job. Yeah, it has to be like it's a 24-7 thing and you have to work through um, the whole year. So it's kind of ridiculous that they ask us to be professional for six months of the year when you really have to be professional for 12 months. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you go you go play your local league 
post AFL um, and then, you know, you might have a rest or because COVID has been such an issue the last two years, not many people have done much other than work. And How would you compare like the interest in AFL to like rugby league and rugby union in Australia? In Melbourne, in Victoria, it's like the hub of AFL. So like you can't talk about anything other than footy in Melbourne. Um, but if you went to like Sydney or like, so if you went to New South Wales or Queensland, it's like rugby, NRL, you can't talk about footy in those states. Like it's probably, I don't know, people will be like, what's AFL? <laughs> Victoria is probably the main, main hub. But in saying that, like I reckon majority of people follow rugby and rugby league in New South Wales and Queensland. Some people still follow AFL because obviously there's teams in there, but majority Victoria is kind of the main hub of AFL. So it's a place to be if you want to play footy. Like definitely sounds like it. And I guess with that, we wanted to ask who your biggest competition is. So would that be different teams within, I guess, the same province, county? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, yeah, you probably like, I would agree with you. Like you probably don't have the biggest rivalries against interstate teams just because you know your fans get so aggro um when you've got like two teams from the same yeah as you would say county or state state um, sorry so that's like the word that I needed like, no 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 that's it's okay I got you um so <laughs> I know because I know the girls that come play from Dublin they play for Dublin and got two Irish girls that come over and, and play with us each year and they always talk about their counties and how loyal they are to um, their team. And it's so different to what in AFL is like because, like, no one – well, everyone's pretty loyal, but you can still, like, move around and change teams. Whereas I understand that you've got to be pretty loyal to your county. Is that right? Like, you've got to stay with your team. Is that correct? Yeah. I don't, it's the, yeah. I don't, it's kind of different in the – I don't know um, – I think Scotland, like we used to play like East v West games and I was like East Coast, Edinburgh, and we yeah. definitely all were like, yeah, like that yeah. got intense. Yeah, um, yeah. But then in the, we both play in the Premiership League in England and it's kind of one where like you're loyal to your team, but also like people have jobs, like Bonner's just joined the RAF, so she's had to move because of that. Like, yeah, okay. So yeah, there's, I guess, probably a bit less loyalty yeah. there, but I totally see it with yeah. the Irish girls and their, their counties. I see where that comes from. Yeah. Yeah, so when you're in season and you're like in that professional six months, which is so ridiculous that that's the way it is. But what would like a typical training week look like for you guys? Well, yeah, so at the moment, like Monday, we have Monday nights. So you do your day and then you come into the club around for get straps and everything. And then we go and do prep for mobility. And then you you do your heavy, you, we do heavy lift before, so heavy lift before training, which is really unusual, but we were started to do that. So we do like a heavy lift and then you feel so crap in the warm up, but you get better. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> took me a few months to get used to that. And then um, you have your main training session on the oval and then you come in at like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night and you do your weights. So you, you might leave the club around like... 9 30 10 o'clock um and then you know Tuesday is usually off but I do and I do I do an extra dim session away from the club um Wednesday I have off Thursday is another 
club day or club afternoon, Friday off, and then Saturday you've got we have we train from like eight to one on Saturday. So it's sort of three times a week when the when the season starts, but it's like six or seven hours worth of training. Sweet. And then when are your when are your games? Sorry. Yeah, our games have changed to December this year. So usually um, we don't start till February the following year, but because the AFL wanted us to be um, standalone competition, so away from the AFL men's game, we're starting December this year. So it's going to be like 45 degrees when we're playing. Good times. Do you think that that's... <laughs> a, so that's interesting because with the Six Nations, which is like the big rugby competition here, they've moved that to a standalone window. So it's separate from the men. Do you think that that's... A, like positive for the game or like I guess what's your opinion on that yeah um I don't know like I get what they're trying to do in that you know they're trying to give us the limelight like they're trying to give females the space and show to 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 show the fans and I, I get where they're coming from but I also don't understand why they have to separate us like why does it have to be AFL men's and AFL women's why can't it just be AFL and therefore, why can't you have like us playing together in the in the same season, where like the men have their game and then the women play, or women play and then the men play, like, and then you know fans can come to both games and it's almost like a double header. I just don't see why. Yeah, I think there's just two sides to it, and I'm not really sure what I totally feel like I'm. I'm going for it at the moment, but it'll be interesting to see how, how it goes this year being standalone because, you know, the AFL men's competition finishes in September. So people usually get pretty footy hungry by December. So hopefully that works in our favour. But I, I just don't like the segregation of the women's and the men's game too much because I'm like, well, we're trying to make it one almost. Yeah, I guess especially if the, or all your men's and women's teams are matched up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of get that. With that was my reservation with the Six Nations separating. But when it worked this year, there was probably a little bit more coverage of the women's game. So it's like, mm, yeah, and cons. Yeah, that's what I'm one. thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a question going back to game day. Roughly, what distance would you cover during a match? Uh... Uh, I'm a full back, so I'm a I'm a I'm a defender, and I'm probably not doing a, a midfielder's work, but I probably cover around nine k. So, oh, so it's still hard. a fair bit. So like, uh, yeah. So as a full back, I'm doing nine. So I think like as a and our games are shorter than the men's. So, but a, a men's player would probably do like fourteen, thirteen, fourteen. Whoa. That's that's almost like football yeah. territory, I'd say. Footballers probably cover that much distance as like as a comparison in the UK probably. Yeah. 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 Do you mean soccer when you say that? Yes. Soccer, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 because no, like that's what in, in, in Australia it's like no <laughs> when you say football it's always like AFL and then we're like and then you know, like the soccer people in, in Australia will be like yeah, I play football, and we're like, no, you play soccer. <laughs> <laughs> when you said yard earlier, I was like, playground. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so kind of roughing it I was gonna say roughing it up, bringing it back to um what you do as a physio then, like are there any like common injuries that you see in AFL and you also work in AFL as a physio, right? The, so... Yeah, so I um yeah, so I at the injuries at the moment are um so I was working for um a university that was doing a, a massive um research study because at the moment ACLs I don't know if you guys have had a few um in in the sport um over there but ACLs for, for women in AFL have been what there's just been way too many so there's been a lot of research being put into um to that because um just the nature of the 360 degrees of the sport um and the angles of our body and, and the way that our hips work and obviously our menstrual cycles as well. Um, it's having a huge impact on girls playing and, and getting these major injuries that, you know, take them out of the game for a year. So um, that's probably the, the main thing that's happening. But I'm, yeah, so I, I did a bit of research in that for a while and then now I'm doing quite a bit, trying to get into the media here in, um, in Melbourne and, and doing some commentary uh, of of the AFL games, so um, that's been really interesting as well. You mentioned that you're doing a bit of commentary and things. Is that across both men's and women's games? Yeah, yeah. So I've been doing some of the men's. I did the women's season on on our prime, so Fox Sports, um, and then the men's season. You kind of have to go up the ranks. So I've been doing their tier two games, so their VFL, and that's been really interesting because again. Um, I don't feel like we have enough females in the AFL men's um, media um, roles. So, and I'm I'm really interested in it, and I get to watch more footy and and I guess learn. I actually I'm quite a visual learner, so I actually really like analysing the game from um, a sort of a coach's view, uh, and it helps me with my own game as well. So it's been it's been really interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. And does the league in the men's game mirror the women so does women have the top is like premiership would be our equivalent and then league one two three below it yeah actually i've got mine hang on this might be interesting for you guys to see so this is a premiership medal from the um the bulldogs grand final that we won in 2018 so this is like this is pretty cool but i i still even, you know, when we're talking about being grateful, like I still look at it and I'm like, I don't know, I feel like, I know this is a really weird thing to say, but this is, we won this in the second year that AFLW was a thing. And I know this is a weird thing to say, but it doesn't feel equal to winning what it would feel like to win a men's premiership. And like, I'm quite, I'm sad about it because like that's how I think about it when I look at this now I'm like like I know that I've won a premiership but like it's like when you win a men's premiership it's it's huge Huge. like it's just like it's like the biggest thing in the whole like the sporting world when I feel like you should feel the same when you win a women's women's premiership but I think because we won this in the second year because it was still so new it was almost like it just didn't feel real. Like it just didn't feel like the same, but I think now, you know, five years on, I would, I would feel differently if 
my team won another premier like I'm I'm at a different team now it would feel more real now just because it's you know it's been going on for a, a longer period of time but yeah that's it's it's, it's interesting because like I do reflect on that and I'm like you did win a premiership but it just doesn't feel the same as if I was a man and won a premiership so it's interesting it would be interesting to see like if you were to to win it again with with another team as you said yeah to, like what compare, a feeling yeah yeah, like compare the feeling and I guess reflect on like the sports growth in that time. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. So I just got we've just got to win another premiership <laughs> and I can come back on the potty and tell you. Yeah, <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> what do you think has been like the biggest change in, in the past four years then that you, you've kind of witnessed and been involved in? Oh heaps. Like um do you guys I, I don't know do you we call oh I've got so many stories so it's so unreal um uh oh, like when I started like we weren't even there wasn't even like female toilets in the in the male club room and then like the AFL club rooms like in your own in your own space we didn't even have female change rooms we didn't have our own lockers we weren't like the men were out let's say the men were out on the field like you'd have to wait until they were finished before you could go on um and it wouldn't matter how long like the men didn't consider us like they would be out there as long as they needed to and then you know whatever the women can just come on after um we weren't allowed in gym when the men were in there um the precious men um we weren't allowed like we weren't given car parks when the men were we were at the, this is the funniest thing. It's probably the most outrageous thing. Like, so do you, do you guys know what a wag is? Like a wife of a player. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, we were, so the whole of the Bulldogs team, the women's team were at the men's, um, Beth and Terrace night. So, um, and we were all standing with the fans and the men's team and stuff. And, you know, Fans can come and, and be at the night as well. And I had this one guy come up to me and was like, are you girls all wags? We're actually elite athletes that uh, represent the Bulldogs and play for the women's side. And I just thought like, like it's just, it was just like, it was just like a big wow moment where I'm like, yeah, of course. Um, the first thing that he thought of was that you're otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, these like amazingly fit women at this event, they couldn't possibly be sports women. They'd have to be the wags of the um, the men's players. And I'm just like, that's kind of where it's come from. Like if there's been a complete transformation of like, um, so that was very, very early days, like in the year one or two. Um, and now there's this, being com- this complete transformation of like everything that we've pushed for has kind of come to fruition and we've been able to kind of feel yeah feel included I would say so no that's kind of an example of how far it's come. Do you think um cricket is has kind of helped women's sports I've got a few friends that play over the big bash and for the past few years now they've been looked after really well I mean again probably in comparison to the men there's still a big difference but I know a lot of girls go over there for a couple of months and get a decent salary. Has that influenced women's sport 
in Australia or do you think it's probably two separate things that probably haven't had much of an impact? No, I think, I think, I think you're completely right. I think cricket's really led the way um, internationally, but also particularly in Australia because um, I know the Australian team is almost on equal, equal pay as the Australian men's team. But yeah, the big bash has been huge here um, for the women. And I think that comes down to, you know, the broadcasters and, and, and obviously Cricket Australia. I think just, I think genuinely cricket is a long way ahead of where AFL is at the moment in the way that it's celebrating and, and putting, you know, money where their mouth is basically. And I think it really shows in the way that the game's being respected and, and taken up by the fans. So I definitely think you're, you're completely right. I think uh, cricket's done an amazing job over the last couple of years. And can you now watch your AFL games on like, terrestrial TV, just normal, like, one to five channels? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got, like, things like KO or Fox. That it, If it's not on the main channels, it'll be on that. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah that's huge like yeah we, we yeah. don't have that here yet so that's awesome yeah yeah it still feels weird um but it's it's cool it's like it's it's nice that we're able to be on tv and I think the uh AFL has just got to invest way more into the media of it and like trying to get viewers to watch or or go to games what do you think is the biggest barrier to the growth of AFL in the women's game? I'd say it's the investment. I know this is an easy thing to say and probably harder for the AFL to do, but like, it, it, like to me, it's a really simple answer. Just like put, put your money where your mouth is and really truly invest in something. When you want something to succeed, it's going to succeed. And with a, with a huge corporation, like an organisation like the AFL, I just don't think that they see the real benefit of AF, AFLW yet. And I think that's really sad because you might not see the AFLW in monetary terms, but you will see so many millions of young girls in Australia playing the game because of they're able to see their heroes on the big stage. So I think um, they've got a very, very small view at the moment. They don't have a long-term view at all and that's quite sad and I think that's the major barrier at the moment is that you know they've really just got to take a leap of faith and be like bam like you know I'm going to be in debt for five years but we've made a massive statement and we're going to up the salary we're going to make them full-time athletes and we'll see how it goes so yeah I think that's the major barrier at the moment. Totally agreed like I think there's there's so much talk in so many countries about increasing the investment in women's sport, but actually we need that to happen. And then you can like co compare our end product with the men, not yeah. compare where we're at now yeah. with the men, which is, you know, not sported, still working full time. Um, yeah. But yeah, like so good that you've, I guess, are already seeing progress since you won that medal in 2018. And we definitely look forward to hearing how you feel after winning your next one. Or yeah. Go. Um, <laughs> So we want you to like finish off by basically chatting yeah. about something that we both love, the barber. Yeah. <laughs> so how like the importance you think of using chest protection from yeah. your extra knowledge as a physio? Yeah, I think um, I was probably really naive to getting knocks in the area. And I suppose it's a very taboo subject 
in Australian culture especially to be like, oh, this is sore, like um, I'm worried about it. Uh, and I think that's something that's really like stuck with me because I'm like for females and young girls playing, we should feel really open talking about this because it's a major organ of our body and super important. And as a physio as well, I, I think it's just something that should be spoken about and it's really important to have the conversation. So I feel like Boobama is not only, you know, protecting, uh, you know, a major part of female athletes, but it's also starting the conversation of like, it's okay, you know, to have a knock and, you know, you should speak to your doctor or your physio about it. And it should be something that's, you know, talked about rather than sort of hidden and um, maybe girls leave the game because they're sore in that area or they don't like the feeling of getting hit in the chest. So that's why I'm a major supporter of Boob Armour because I think that, you know, in Australia, particularly uh, a lot of young parents, a lot of parents don't like their young girls playing footy because it's too rough and too much contact. And I feel like this is like the modern day mouth guard where, you know, young girls can, can wear their armour and, and feel confident and empowered to go and, you know, enjoy sport and play. And if it gives, you know, those girls, but also their parents, a little bit of a vote of um, confidence that you're going to be safe out on the field, I, I say all for it. And um, for me, like, it's such an easy product to wear. And, yeah, I think it's just an awesome product to be like, hey, you know, we're supporting women in sport and, you know, we're here to, to help you and feel confident and empowered on the field. So, yeah, I, I, I would say I was very naive to, to, you know, the impacts of getting hit in the breast um, before I learned about boob armor and before I was a physio. So now I'm very aware of everything and uh, I, I wear it nonstop. Could have said it better herself so no we're um agree with everything you've said like I think it's about that like feeling confident for us but also young girls getting into the sport and actually yeah. I didn't think of the parent point parents are hesitant about their kids doing contact sport yeah they don't need to be yeah yeah, yeah exactly sweet so to finish off we've got five quick fire cues yeah if you're ready at oh, yeah quarter to nine in the morning <laughs> right Bonnie should I kick it off yeah you go for it so would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Talk to animals. I knew it. As soon as you had, the dog came in the background, I was like, talk <laughs> to animals. <laughs> okay, question two. Would you rather have invisibility or super strength as a superpower? Invisibility, definitely. Could spy on people's conversations. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or evil. <laughs> Question three, what is the first concert you ever attended? Oh, um, Pink. That's a decent first concert. Oh, <laughs> Pink. <laughs> Pink. Oh. I was like, oh, come on, like, Sorry. this is big news. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really strong. I thought you said Peak, so I was like, oh, Aussie band. Then when Bonds knew it, I was like, oh, niche. <laughs> no, Pink, very strong, very, very strong. <laughs> I'm actually dying to go see her live. Wait, you did you do mean pink as in like the female artist colour pink? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I was like, shit, I'm so good. Way too excited about a band I don't even know. No, 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 no. We're, we're talking about the same person. Yeah. <laughs> strong. Strong. I like it. It's a good answer. 
Okay, next one. What is your favourite summer activity? Jet skiing. Um, <laughs> More like, uh, what would ours be? <laughs> Question five. What is your star sign? Sagittarius. Is that December? Yeah. Yeah. I, I reckon a lot of people wouldn't know that. Do you get a lot of people that don't know that? Their star sign? Everybody's known it so far, but we ask people what the star sign is. Like, if they say anything other than ours, we actually don't know anything about it. So yeah. then it's just okay. like, cool. <laughs> right, that's it. <laughs> Basically, we just wait out for someone to say, like, Aquarius or Libra, and then we get really excited. <laughs> we're like, woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, thank you so much for coming on our podcast at eight in the morning. Like, it's so, so appreciated. And yeah, yeah it was like so no, cool to no, more no. about thank you. EFL so nice to meet you guys thank you so much for your time and um uh you're, you're brilliant and i um i've loved chatting to you and, and learning a bit about you guys so thank you oh no thank you so much and yeah and enjoy your day thank you um have a good sleep Believe you can be